0: What's going on everybody, this is Chris, and hopefully you're listening to Tales from the Tar Heel State. Uh, so I've been having troubles with my volume record levels, uh, just fucking it up. I tried to make it better by putting on headphones and trying to listen to what I was doing and seemed to really fucked it all up. And uh, so my brilliant wife was like, well let's go back and look at one of the ones that Sounded good, and look at the uh, screen, you know, how it was set up there on the EQ and everything, and uh, thank goodness for that, because I can see my record levels seem to be coming up really well over there. Seems to be registering like it used to on the uh, graph, so that's, that's nice to see. Um, but when I put on headphones, and I'm listening to it, it sounds like shit. There's like this weird echo and all this, uh, like it sounds like I'm in a, I don't know man, it sounds like I'm in a goddamn echo chamber, it's weird. Um, but maybe this one will come out and sound right, like like they used to. I don't know, I even tried to go back and just record it, you know, with my old mic and do all that, but that really was making me too discouraged. Um, I spent all afternoon the other day trying to figure this shit out and just... Was about ready to give up, you know, because I sit there overthinking it and just worrying about it and being discouraged and beating myself up and get that fucking voice in my head of Steve Smith telling me, "Don't matter what you do, you're fucking piece of shit, fuck up, loser, fucking bum, piece of shit, all that shit that I hear in my head." And uh, so, yeah, having to battle that shit out. And uh, speaking of that, like uh, tweeting out pictures on Twitter on Big Chris Cooks and uh, you know. Not really. I mean, I get some responses, but someone uh, sent me a response. It was uh, Antonia, <laughs> uh, Kevin's girl, I guess. That Kevin's girl um, sent me this big long tweet, uh, you know, thanking me for putting those pictures out, and uh, reminded her of spending time with her family a long time ago, back in the country she was from, and um, it was nice to. Uh, to see that, and all this kind of shit, and, um, told me not to quit making the videos, and shit like that, so I don't know, it's probably a robot talking to me, but at any rate, it uh, made me feel good, a little, you know, a little bit good for a minute anyway, um, you know, positive feedback, uh, when you're trying to do something creative is always nice, you know, um. So, anyway, I appreciated that little bit of uh, confidence boost, Um, had to go do, uh, get some uh, blood work done this week, Uh, couldn't get a prescription filled without going to get my blood work done, and went to try to do it Monday, and uh, my little car was uh, (laughs) spraying some gas everywhere out from under the hood there, I mean, not spraying like crazy like that out from under the hood, but. When I got out there, I mean, I could smell gas, and I checked it under the hood and found a, a rotted fuel line. So didn't take. I wasn't able to make that appointment that morning, but did get it fixed. Didn't have a fire going down the road, which was good. I did smell uh, gas pretty strong the day before, and uh, just came home and parked it that day. Didn't really fuck with it. Uh, didn't think it was a big deal. Uh, probably thought it was just a little drip. That I was just happened to be smelling, Um, that was coming off the carburetor because the gaskets wore out. It's just uh, every once in a while there would be a drip, and I was like, "Man, that's really strong, man. That can't be what I'm smelling." But then I didn't ever fuck with it when I got here and uh, found that big leak, and um, was out there trying to get it fixed that morning to go to the uh, (laughs) to lab core get my blood work done, and uh, (laughs) I hadn't had coffee. Um, you know, nothing to eat, no coffee, anything like that, you know, fasting before I went in for blood work, and, uh, I got out there under the hood, and of course, I had done a couple of bong hits that morning, and I'm out there under that hood, you know, it's all gas and shit everywhere, gas on my hands, I'm breathing gas like hell, and uh, normally I would get really mad and worked up, but, uh, maybe I was half asleep, or whatever was wrong with me, I mean, i been up for a while, but I hadn't had coffee or anything, and, uh, I found myself talking to myself, you know, consoling myself and telling me it's all right, you know, and the shit like that. But I was speaking to myself in a fucking English, you know, like British accent. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be all right. No worries there. And then I guess it goes into Australia and I don't know what the hell was going on, but I think I was into, started out British, I think, and then I went into some weird Australian shit. <laughs> And then I realized that I'm talking to myself in some fucking accent that I'm not even the nation- nationality of either one of those places. <laughs> and I was like, well, maybe that weed's really fucking good or the uh, <laughs> maybe I'm under here huffing too much gas, but I got to get out from under this hood and uh, try to see about getting this fucking doctor's appointment rescheduled this morning because uh, I'm not going to get this back together right now. Um <laughs> But, yeah, it might be time to call throw in the towel and you start talking to yourself in uh languages of countries you're not from, but uh <laughs> got the fuel line fixed and uh shout out to my buddy uh Forrest brought me a piece of fuel line he had some uh some fuel line for um fuel injected car. So, you know, really high pressure fuel line. So, on that old carbureted car like mine, it was worked like a champ. And uh, what else is going on? He recently brought me for Christmas, by the way. I don't know if I've talked about this. He gave me a copy of uh, Johnny Mitchell Blue, which is a fantastic masterpiece. You know, good and sad, good heavy duty shit, but also really beautiful. If you've never listened to it, you know, you should. Give me just a second. I think my cat's out here. Oh, there goes my goddamn phone. Alright, sorry about that, my crazy kitty cat is uh, all up in here now, jumping on my fucking shit, getting in my way, trying to mess up my shit, anyway, my phone was going off, my prescriptions are ready to be picked up, so that's good, I need those, and uh, so yeah, Prescriptions are ready for pickup. Yay, my crazy pills. Keep me from being so wound up and mad all the time. It's super fucking sad, even though I'm pretty sad right now. Um, it's mostly monetary purposes. Just uh, worrying about getting my disability stuff done. Called my attorney today. And, uh, you know, still no change. Apparently, had looked at it today, too. <laughs> and uh, said that... Uh, they're still at stage three of my review process, or the appeals process, so who knows, I mean, we're not going hungry or anything like that, it's just, paid to watch our savings keep going backwards, you know, it's hard to put that money back in there, and, uh, so, I'm hoping I don't have to go out here and try to find a fucking job and start all over again, um, at the bottom at fucking, you know, almost 50 years old, and, Hard to get hired after you get fired for you know, aggressive behavior, quote, unquote, towards your co-workers and management. <clears throat> it's hard to get rehired somewhere if they look into why you lost your last job. I guess you just lie about that shit and hope you don't get caught for that and get fired and then you get fired. You know, it's just, it's always some shit. But uh, anyway, yeah, Johnny Mitchell Blue, fantastic album. Uh, it's pretty sad, but some great lyrics in there. And Joe Walsh, but seriously, folks, uh, Forrest gave me that, too. And, uh, you know, that's good. If you like Joe Walsh. I mean, I like Joe Walsh pretty good. It's not my favorite. Um, I mean, I like the early James Gang stuff. And, you know, it's it's all right. It's not my favorite. But I don't hate it by any means. Oh, yeah, speaking of, uh, let's see, what do we got going on? Uh, Oh, Tar Heels played last night. Charlottesville, we got beat, pretty much knew that was coming. And uh, we often lose at there in Charlottesville, and uh, they're a well-coached team. And they implemented their game plan, and uh, we did not implement our game plan. And thusly, at the end of the game, uh, Virginia took over finally. And we fought them hard and long. But, you know, playing the other team's style of ball, it's hard to... Uh, Hard to compete like that, you know. You're playing a style of ball you that you're not used to doing and winning, so um, you know, that makes life difficult uh, not playing your style of ball, especially not on you know, you're at the other team's home, you know, the other team's court. And uh, you know, granted, we got a veteran team, Baycott went down. I don't know how severe that ankle. Turn was. I haven't heard anything about that today. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> Tar has got beat. It's not looking good. If we don't tighten up, you know, I was thinking it'd be horrible if we were the first team in uh, NCAA history to be like, uh, you know, go to the final game, be preseason number one, and then not make the tournament. Wouldn't that be some shit? Oof, that's uh, that would make me really fucking sad. But uh, the way we're playing, you know, we're not playing as a team, which is uh, frustrating to see got a lot of personalities, but I don't see us making enough, uh, you know we're not making the extra pass I don't see any backdoor cuts, you know the shit that Carolina basketball is built on and, uh, you gotta have more rebounders than, uh, Armando Bacot and fucking RJ Davis is down there rebounding, he's like six foot two or some shit, what the fuck um, know, yeah, it's just not for the best And, uh, you know, our boy Caleb Love sometimes takes questionable shots. And I would like to say, well, he's young, he's a freshman, but he's not young and a freshman anymore. He's been there for three fucking years. And, you know, come on, buddy. Get it together. Play some team ball. Pass the ball. Take the open shot still, but, you know, don't force that shit. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, we got beat up there in Charlottesville. Yeah, speaking of Virginia, how about that uh, six-year-old kid taking a gun to school and shooting his teacher in the chest? Nine there Evidently, she put her hand up, and uh, that did nothing. Bullet went right through. <laughs> uh, my Uncle Vic, he did the same thing. This kid over in Durham shot him multiple times, and uh, he told me, <laughs> he's like, man, when he put that gun up there, I put my hand out. I don't know what the fuck I thought I was going to do like that, but my hand was going to stop them bullets. I said, oh, yeah, how'd that work out? He said, oh, bullets went right through my hand. <laughs> But yeah, I figured they did, Uncle Vic. Luckily, it was a 25 and didn't blow his hand off. But uh, yeah, I fucked that hand up pretty good. And you can imagine the first bullet went right through it, and uh, yeah, he lived though. He's no longer with us now, but uh, it wasn't bullets that got him. It was fucking cancer from cigarettes. I imagine cigarettes that and uh, drinking. You yeah, know, everybody in my family is cigarette smoker, drinker, so a lot of cancer. Heart disease, but uh, yeah, kid took a gun to school and uh, shot his teacher. It's fucking wild, man. I guess the kid was pissed off about something and took his mama's nine millimeter to school, legally obtained weapon, and uh, apparently not kept up properly away from the youngin. And uh, you know, my experience with guns, I was had the fear of God putting me pretty young. Um, my dad used to fuck with me pretty mercilessly picking on me squeezing my knees and shit real hard until I'd cry and shit and he would do that shit to me regularly you know when I say regularly I mean you know a fucking lot you know, I think back when he would come home from work doing construction work and we lived up in the mountains and uh, he'd come home with his old work boots on all covered in mud and shit and uh <laughs> he would make me get down on the floor and take his fucking boots off like he was some old man and stuff to having to needed help with his boots off And so, when I was five, my dad was 26. (laughs) 26 26-year-old man. And, yeah, that shit hurt my little fingers. I remember it hurt like hell trying to untie his laces that were tied up so tight and caked in mud and shit and dried up mud and stuff. He would make me untie them fucking boots and take them off. And, uh... Yeah. Fucking tortured me all the time, picking on me and stuff. And I was crying one time, and... I went into his bedroom and grabbed a 22 rifle from behind the door. It was one of those uh, old black nylon and uh, stainless steel 22s. I don't know if it was Marlin that made it or what. It was black and silver. I remember that. <clears throat> and uh might have been a Remington. But I went in there and uh, got that uh, rifle from behind the door and came out and pointed it at my daddy and told him to leave me alone. And I remember he stood up and he looked at me And it scared the ever-loving shit out of me, as he was big already, and I was just a little youngin'. And, uh... Yeah, he fucking... (laughs) You better put that shit down now. I was like, oh, fuck. And, uh... I did, and he tore my ass up. And, uh, didn't go back in my fucking parents' bedroom again for many years. uh, Much less touch my dad's guns. But, uh, nonetheless... I can't remember if it was uh the day I turned ten. I think I might it might have been Christmas at ten. I thought it was my my I think it's my tenth birthday. But even still it would have been three months later if it was Christmas, December you know, September to December. So even still I would have been ten years old and I got a twenty two single shot little scout, um twenty two rifle. And that was my first gun at ten years old. I told my therapist that. She's like, my God, your parents would have gotten so much trouble if you just shot somebody with that. I mean, and I had that gun was in my bedroom. With you know, I had my own bullets, and you know, at ten years old, <clears throat> on my eleventh birthday, I got a sixteen gauge pump shotgun, and that was also kept in my bedroom. But now my dad was a felon, so how much of that was <clears throat> his excuse to have a gun in the house? I'm sure all of it. But uh, nonetheless, those were my guns, and I had them until I left the house, and my, you know, left my dad's house. I had those guns. Um, I, when I left, I took them with me. And <clears throat> but a lot of people in the South grow up with guns, so it's not that unusual. Um, I'm sure, I got uh, a lot of buddies of mine had probably probably owned guns, you know, younger than that. I know there was boys in the mountains that had guns before he you know, before I did. And uh, a lot of them were already going deer hunting with their dads, and they were, like, eight, nine years old. And some of them were going bear hunting when they were ten, going on their first bear hunt, and uh, stuff like that, living up in the mountains. But, um, yeah, still wild, kids taking guns to school and shooting teachers. I mean, when I was growing up, you were taught to have, you know, respect for your teacher, and um, also you were scared of your parents. You know, I was get my ass tore the fuck up by my daddy uh, you know I got home and found out that I had disrespected my teacher or something I was gonna get my fucking ass tore up for that shit so uh, yeah man taking guns to school and shooting the fucking teacher you got kids I mean that's six years old you yeah, know it's bad enough you got these fucking 18, 19 year old kids that are out of their goddamn minds going and shooting up elementary school kids now you got fucking elementary school kids bringing guns to school, shooting the teacher. It's a serious epidemic. I don't know where how we fix that shit. And there's already fucking hundreds of millions of guns everywhere in North, you know, in, in the United States. And <clears throat> shit, there's probably a hundred million guns in North Carolina. Goddamn, <laughs> a lot of motherfuckers own guns here, and like multiple guns. Like some people have like hundred guns, yeah, hundred guns, fifty guns. Some people have like probably. Hundreds of guns here in the South. I mean, all over the South, people are like that. So especially rich Southerners, they got a ton, a ton of guns. And most of the guns I have are all just old hunting guns and shit. Hell, half of them don't work. You know. Um, like I said, most of the shit I got, my daddy got because somebody needed money or some shit. They owed him money for pot or something, and uh, he'd get a gun from them for you know them owe any money try to keep them getting their ass beat, or to try to get some more weed, or whatever, so, you know, stupid shit like that, and my dad's gone now, so he can't get in no trouble, but, um, that's the kind of shit that he did, he did all kinds of crazy shit that people don't know about, I know, most people don't fucking know all the kind of shit that he did, um, but yeah. Definitely grew up fast, you know, and you get your first gun at 10, you're pretty, growing up pretty fast. Got my first job when I was still 13, and I uh, started washing dishes and riding my bicycle to fucking work, uh, and it was like five miles to work, no shit, that's not an exaggeration. So, anyway, anyways, I, I digress here. Um, I was going to talk about Jordan Peterson being uh, brought in for social uh what is it, social network, no, what the fuck is all this ish? social media, being brought in in front of the board of psychologists, no, I don't agree with a lot of the shit this motherfucker says, I mean, I think you should be whoever the fuck you want to be, if you want to be a girl, be a girl, I don't give a fuck, if you want to be a boy, be a boy, I don't give a shit, and I don't care who you sleep with, none of that shit makes any difference to me, I think you should be who you want to be and be happy at it as long as you're not hurting other people. don't be hurting other people especially not kids if you do that then fuck you but um yeah I mean it's still fucked up that the board of psychologists is bringing him in telling him that he has to undergo social media retraining you know if he needs social media retraining that's one thing but from the Canadian board of psychologists I mean that's fucking with someone's livelihood I mean granted not him because he's a public figure at this juncture he can make money But uh, if you were just a regular Joe Schmo psychologist working at a small university, that's fucked up shit for saying, you know, things you said in your private life, you know, public space, a public forum that they're going to fire you for. Um, You know, unless it's fucking, I mean, I get what they're hate speech. I don't don't know what to think about that. It's not like he's a fucking Nazi, but people call everybody Nazis now and um, who knows what and. All that kind of shit. But, uh... Yeah, I'm excited that uh, my prescriptions are ready. I'm going to go pick those up. And uh, gives me an excuse to uh, get in my little car and uh, take her for a spin. It's nice and sunny out there. It's a little cool, but it's still a fun ride from here to through to Durham out in the country. No highways or nothing. Very little traffic at all. And not hardly any stoplights between here and there. Maybe, what, one, two maybe four stoplights, four-way stop, a couple stop signs, maybe, so, you know, a nice ride through the country, if you will, but I hope everybody's doing all right, I didn't uh, do much of an introduction today, I was uh, not sure how this was going to be sounding or looking, and, uh, but it looks like it's coming in good there, it looks like both channels are working on the record, Um, so I think we're sounding good. And if so, amen for that. I will not do any more listening while I record because it clearly has not helped me. It totally fucked me up. Um, Whereas before, I thought everything sounded pretty good. I mean, I just wanted to try to tweak it and make it sound a little better. But, um, yeah, I didn't uh, manage to pull that off, did I? I made it way worse. So let's pull a number out of the cup, or not a number, but... uh, What traits do you think makes a great manager or boss? Well, I think that a manager or boss is supposed to look out for the people that work under them. You're basically supposed to be a middleman between the big management and uh, everyday workers. And uh, you're supposed to try to build up, you know, you need to be a good leader, natural leader, so that, and you gotta be a hard worker and you have to lead by example. You know, you need people to see that you're trying hard and that you care, first of all that you're putting forth the effort and hopefully they will and um, if you stick up for those people when they work hard to upper management then those people will be loyal to you so you need you need to be able to those are things that a leader does you know you gotta protect your fucking men, women, whatever whoever's on your crew your they's, your zers, your them's Just fucking gotta look out for everybody Give me just a second, please. Sorry about that. I had to take a little little quick break because the phone was ringing. So hopefully this is back where we were at and everything is working again and all that good shit. But yeah, boss has to, uh, you know, get people to follow their lead. So you need to be a good uh, hard worker. You need to show that you care. And then you need to care about those people that work for you. Uh, Tupper management need to defend them when they do a good job, and if they don't, then you gotta fucking call them out on it. You gotta be willing to do that. You can't be afraid to be a hard ass sometimes. You know, you want to be friendly, but you also have to, they gotta know that you're still in fucking charge. So, when you're on a construction site, you have to do that. That's how I fucking worked. That's how I was able to do that, but I was working with a bunch of big, burly, fucking roughneck sons of bitches. So, Apparently, my, uh, my leadership skills did not work at all in a uh, place like Weaver Street Market with a bunch of really, really hippy-dippy type folks, and I'm pretty fucking hippy-dippy, but uh, these days, people are really, really sensitive, and it uh, seems like everyone's really out to uh, take advantage of anything they can to make you look bad and to make themselves look good. That's how they make themselves look good is by pointing out faults of others or perceived faults by their opinion. Um, because all they're doing is looking for shit that they see wrong instead of doing their own job. But I, I don't know. I, I digress again. Um. Yeah. So it's hard to make it out there today, folks. It's a crazy world, and uh, we're all just trying to make it. So anyway, I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Sorry, I haven't been putting out much content. It hasn't been very good, so I've been real discouraged. Uh, with the sound quality and everything, and just not being able to figure it out, and not wanting to ask for help, uh, not, you know, after the second one in a row, and then spending a bunch of time here until I was pulling my hair out with my old gray hair, um, and Tanya comes in here and says, like, well, I'll just go back here, honey, and look at the ones that did sound good, and make sure everything is set up the same, and it should sound the same, it's like, motherfucker, <sighs> overthinking shit. Anyway, love you guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll check in with you uh, sometime real soon. Uh, try, Try not to be such a stranger. All right? Later.